everyone, I'm Monique. Welcome to the Find a Friend podcast, a podcast where we cover lifestyle, career, and more by finding a friend and hearing how they do what they do best. I hope along the way you learn something, feel inspired by their stories, empowered to ask questions, and motivated to achieve your own powerful goals. Let's do this. Hi everyone, happy to have you back for another episode of the podcast. This week we'll be talking to one of my favorite people ever, Ashley Cisneros Mejia. Ashley is an entrepreneur based out of Orlando, Florida, and she also happens to be my eldest cousin on my mom's side of the family. I have always looked up to her. One of the best days in my childhood life was when I was eight and she was getting ready to head off to college, and I inherited all of her Babysitter Club books. And I'm not talking like 10 books, I'm talking like 120 Babysitter Club books. And y'all, let me tell you, it was literally like Beyonce herself had signed each book and hand-delivered them to my door. That's how much I idolized this girl growing up. It just goes to show that you're never too young to inspire someone else. She's definitely taught me through example that you can literally do anything you put your mind to. Ashley is an award-winning communications entrepreneur and journalist. She founded two digital marketing agencies in Orlando, Florida, and was named one of Orlando's 40 Under 40. Ashley has spoken at conventions across the country about business, career success, social media, and women empowerment. Currently, she is launching HerDenero.com, a personal finance community that helps ambitious young women take control of their money through entrepreneurship and shifting to a mental wealth mindset. Ashley is your go-to gal for business advice, career advice, and life advice. Can you tell she's one of my favorite people ever? Let's get right on into her episode so you can hear it all straight from her. Hi, Ashley. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited about your podcast, and I feel really honored to be here. Awesome. Well, I just want to, you know, jump right into everything. Tell our audience a little bit more about you, your journey, and how you got to where you are today. Awesome. Well, thank you. So it's been a crazy journey. I was thinking about that before we got started. So right now I'm in this motherhood season. And so I just had my third child probably about two and a half months ago. So we're within our 90 days. We're seeing if he can make it to his (laughs) 90 day mark. (laughs) Return him. Um, But before that, um, I kind of did a lot of different things. So I started as a journalist. I was a newspaper reporter, magazine editor, um, the market tanked. The Great Recession happened when I was in my mid-20s, when I was like 26. And um, so then I got into PR, marketing, tech writing, just having to translate my skills into other ways to be able to make money and pay bills. That um, kind of got me on this other track of entrepreneurship. So long story short, I've done freelance writing um, probably since about 2009 or so, so about 10 years. And then um, along the way, I had two marketing agencies. And right now, I'm in the middle of starting a new online community about personal finance, um, but really in this motherhood chapter, which is very different. But it's actually been beneficial because it's allowed me to kind of step back and think about, okay, what do I really want to do professionally now? What do I want to do with all those business um, experiences and working for other companies? And what does that look like for the next chapter? That's awesome. And so you say that you started your own business. Uh, How long ago was that? So I started, I had a business partner um, in 2012. So when we started, we really didn't even know we didn't have a clear path. We just knew we both had projects on the side. We always had side hustles before that term became super popular. Like it is now 
we always just had side projects, contract work, freelance work. She did a lot of websites and I did more writing. So I did writing for magazines and companies and, and um, anybody that needed something written. It could be a brochure or a blog or what have you. Um, we fused those things together into digital marketing. And actually at the time, that term like inbound marketing, digital marketing, influencers, Instagram, I mean, all of those things were, I feel like still in their infancy. Yeah. And so it was strange because, um, so Facebook started my last year of college in 2004. And I remember telling a friend, a friend showed me, my friend Fernando, and I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> Pictures of your classmates. This will never last. This is uh-huh. stupid. And then, haha, joke was on me, right? Because then I made a whole business around social media. It was like, what? It was crazy. So when uh-huh. we started, we, it, I feel like it was kind of those elements were there. Like there was certainly MySpace. There was Live Journal. There was Mihenta.com and Black Planet and Asian Avenue, like these little affinity sites. Mm-hmm. Um, but and then, of course, you know, Facebook and all that. But I feel like around that time, 2012, that's when businesses started saying, hey, wait a minute, what's this about? You know, can we start using this to make money? Is it beyond just, hey, I had a tuna sandwich today or I'm feeling yeah. really depressed and here's my blog post about it, you know? <laughs> yeah. So when we started, we kind of fused. My business partner at the time was an electrical engineer. I was a journalist. Wow. She got hired to do these websites. She could program things and she knew about SEO and all these things. And I was more of like the creative and the storyteller. And so mm-hmm. she needed keep, she needed content for her website. She was, she knew SEO and she was, you know, the name of the game right now was high quality content and um, basically feeding the beast, feeding Google. Mm-hmm. So she was like I need a writer. And so that's really how we started. We had the agency together for about three years. We parted mm-hmm. ways in 2016. I started doing my own thing with um, Phoenix creatives doing kind of more like boutique, more like, um, more content focused, less websites in 2016, the second half of that year. And I did that and I just kind of stopped doing that around end of 2018. So focusing on the three children. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And so whenever you left the first company, I mean, how did you know that it was time to let go? Because I feel like that's also a hard decision that you would have to make as an entrepreneur and, you know, having this business and, you know, having it be picked up by somebody else, um, you know, maybe as far as just even selling it to maybe a bigger, you know, marketing agency in town. I mean, how do you know when it's that time to go? Well, I think for me, it was like this perfect storm. So first of all, me and my business partner, we, you know, we had a situation, which we had a business divorce, if you will. Yeah. Um, So that was one thing. But I think also we were moving in different directions. So I think that at the beginning, um, I tried to be everything to everybody. I listened to your first interview, your first guest, and she was talking about how she thought, at first her agency would be everything like full Mm -hmm. service digital marketing. We tried to do that. Mm -hmm. And it was great until it wasn't. You could find a customer. I mean, people need this stuff, especially, you know, me and you were relatively young. And so we might be considered digital natives and this stuff is easier for us. And so bigger companies, you know, they need it. But I think for me and my business partner at the time, we also were learning that we had our own specialties and our own interests. Um, And I think trying to be everything to everybody also led to some burnout. 
there was the addition, there was the, you know, the burnout of just having a startup and having crazy growth. I mean, we, we named the company in my kitchen. It was just me and her. The -hmm. first year we bootstrapped and we didn't even pay ourselves. We just hustled with other things to pay bills. Um, And then we had 19 people, you know, at the peak of it. So it was a lot and then it was fast, but I think it was kind of, I personally, and then I had a child. So my first child in 2014. Um, so I think life, I think it was this perfect storm of life, of feeling burnt out. Cause I think we tried to be everything to everybody. Um, and we didn't really, and we, we wanted different things. And then we also had a situation, a personal situation, you know, when you do business with your friends, that's a whole nother yeah. part. But um, I think that was kind of, um, I feel like God will push you if you even if if you feel like there needs to be a change and you don't you're not getting the signs there will be a situation from god the universe whatever you're comfortable with that will push you it will make you change even if you're not going to yeah so i think that's what happened with me okay okay and what are some things that you did with your first agency that you you know really liked that you now incorporated into that second agency and what are some things that maybe you would have done differently I think for, so I, I feel like at the beginning, we, we were nerds. That's (laughs) something that helped us, right? Uh We were nerds and we freaking loved this stuff. We loved storytelling. We loved helping a company tell their story in a website that was valuable to their end users. We loved, um, seeing our, the impact of our work. So seeing, so having, we had a customer that was, had a yoga studio. Um, another one that made big satellite things for the military, like just a wide variety. Mm-hmm. That was another mistake. But because we just were like, <laughs> hey, you sell cupcakes? Great. Hey, you're a government defense contractor. We can help you too. It was just this wide, like anybody with the pulse and the dollar we uh-huh. have to. Um, so I think what we did right is that we definitely we're believers and we got into the canoe and like rode for our people and we celebrated their success. Um, we really believed in our work and we love to teach. We love to teach our clients. So it wasn't just like, yeah, this is SEO and this is on the trends, you know, talking above them. And they're like, okay, if you sound smart, go here, here's sure. your money. Yeah. We were like, no, this is how, what you're seeing in Google analytics and what you're matching with you, your call data, and this is how they link, and this is how, like, on your PL and your profit and loss statement, this is how it all comes together. And mm-hmm. so, I think that um, that commitment to them and that willingness to educate, that willingness to like just be on their team was something that I think we did well. And I've definitely used that in other ventures. Um, and then I think what we did wrong is, yeah, trying to be everything to everybody, mm-hmm. not putting processes and systems in place, like operations. I think we were, it was just seat at the pants. We were kind of like, here's an experiment. Here's what we think we want to do. And then the world was like, yeah, get him. <laughs> and we were like, this is freaking great. Like, wow, this is awesome. Uh-huh. But then we're just up you know, pulling all nighters, swigging five hour energy shots, going with bleary eyes the next day to meetings, just because we had to, there was such a yeah. demand and it was so exhilarating, but we didn't stop along the way to, to document and say, you know, we should write this stuff down. So that mm-hmm. way, when we have to train people to help us, 
we'll actually know where to start. You know, we yeah. won't have to just press our foreheads against them and, and give it through osmosis, you know? Sure. Yeah. <laughs> how do you establish yourself as an expert in the industry? Because I feel like now the market is so saturated with people yeah. that do social media help and do, you know, marketing help. And it's like, you don't really know, you know, if they're actually experts, but how did you establish yourself in your community and get people to trust you? You know, I think it was because we we did we we practiced what we preached i think that helped too so when we were first starting again we bootstrapped the whole venture we um we were learning about inbound marketing that was a term that no one was really using before and then it was like whoa there's a company there's hubspot and there's inbound their big conference in boston yeah. and, you know there was just this uh there was people putting out ebooks left and right there was all this thought leadership and it just it felt like to me anyway it was like somebody just turned on a faucet it was like whoa yeah there's a term for it um and so i think because we were like we already believed that our, our whole thing was, well, we don't have money for advertising, but we know this stuff and we're learning about it. We're researching it because we're nerds. So uh -huh. we wrote blog posts. So we, so we're telling, we're, you know, we're preaching the gospel of SEO, right? But mm -hmm. then with our own company, we had a brand new website and we were like, okay, well, we don't have any clients yet. So we're just going to crank out blog posts. We would crank out like two blog posts a day, like wow. meaty stuff and not just yeah. like, Hey, fluff, but really like step-by-step, step, this is how you do X, Y, Z thing. Here's some screenshots. Here's a link to, we didn't know about affiliates at the time, but it was like, here's a link to our favorite products. You know, and it was, yeah. and so I think people were like, Oh, this is useful stuff. And so because we were able to open up the, hit, the hood of our own company and say, hey, ABC client, we know we're recommending these things for you. And we know that it works because these are our own analytics. We've done yeah. this. We, we're our own case study. So I think it made it more believable um, because we, we taught, we, we did it ourselves and then we were able to teach it and speak to it where it didn't seem like just hot air or BS. You know, you yeah. can tell when someone yeah. knows their stuff and you, can, and you know when they're sincere and you can tell when somebody's just trying to get your dollars. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. No, I feel that as a marketer now on the other side. Of <laughs> yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and so you said that after you had your first business that you took a little bit of a break and you had your daughter. And um, so how did you know, I mean, now shifting gears a little bit, how did you know personally that it was like the time to have kids? Because I feel like, I mean, not that I like am married or anything right now, but obviously yeah. it's very type A. I just have this grand plan for my <laughs> life. And like, this is exactly when I'm going to have kids. Like, how do you fit that into like having a career? Because I feel like you're so career driven and I feel like I'm very career driven. Yeah. So how do you like know how to fit all that into your life? I don't know that you do. I mean, I think with Eden, my daughter, who's now five, um, it was crazy because I think for her, we were open to it. You know, we were kind of like, I got married at 29. I had her at 31. So I think for us, it was, all right, I had a business, got my master's degree. We're married now. Yeah. We got our house, you know, it was kind of like, <laughs> okay, you're, you know, you have no spring chicken anymore. You uh -huh. kind of got it. So I think we were open to it. And it was almost like, as soon as we, it wasn't like, oh, I'm going to have a baby this time. And I'm going to use those ovulation tests. And, you know, God bless anybody who's doing that and is in that season. 
I was fortunate that I wasn't that way. Mm-hmm. It was more of we had a conversation like, okay, I think, you know, now might be a good time to start a family or, or if we're going to, mm-hmm. we need to start this party because we're yeah. out of time here. Yeah. Um, and, but as soon as we were open to it, boom, pregnant. And I think <laughs> that was like crazy shocking. Uh, you know, we're cousins. So we had come from a big family, tons of kids yes. everywhere. Yes. But when it's your turn to have a baby, uh, it's different. It's different for our generation too, because, because of the sacrifices of our family, you know, our parents and our grandparents, we're so fortunate. Um, so I think even just our experiences in being able to have kids later, it's totally different. Uh, nothing that I was prepared for. And then trying to incorporate those traditions and those beliefs, um, but into a 2019-ish, 2014-ish world. Yeah. Whoa. It was crazy. It was crazy. Um, I mean, I worked all the way till like the Friday night before I had her. I was up, I was at my computer. I was like, my body knew already because it was like seven o'clock at night on a Friday night. And I was putting, saving stuff on an external hard drive, like the apocalypse. Was <laughs> mm-hmm. And then that morning, this next Saturday morning, seven o'clock, I opened my eyes, my water broke and she was there at 6.33 PM. Wow. So I don't know that you're ever ready. Yeah. Uh, I think for me, it, once that happened, it was like the train has left the station and my other kid came and then my last little guy just came. <laughs> you know? so I, um, I think... It's funny because I'm a planner, uh, but sometimes you can't plan these things. Like sometimes you can, and you know, like I have friends that want to have kids and it takes them a little bit. And then I have other friends that like are not expecting a kid and boop, you know, they are. Same. (laughs) And then also too, so speaking about like bringing, you know, your traditional values, I guess, into, you know, 2019 world and how to incorporate that. How do you feel about, you know, establishing a name with your maiden name and then translating that, you know, did you, do you have your husband's last name or do you go by your maiden name professionally? Talk about that a little bit because I think people would be interested in hearing about that. Yeah. So I, um, so what I did is I used my maiden name as my, my middle name. Okay. I changed all my, so when I got, when we got married, you know, I talked to my husband about it and, you know, it wasn't like, he's like, you have to have my name. Yeah. So important. You know, it did, you could tell it was meaningful to him, but it wasn't like a deal breaker or, you know, it wasn't a huge thing. Um, but I wanted, I wanted to take his name on, especially because I knew we were going to have kids and, you mm-hmm. know, I just wanted us all to have that uni- uni- unity, not saying that you, you can't, but it was important to me. But because I was a journalist before, mm-hmm. the nature of our work is we have articles. That's mm-hmm. what we produce and there's bylines. And my byline was always, you know, with my maiden name. So for me, a happy compromise was I dropped my name's Ashley Ann, so country. <laughs> I dropped the Ann. I put my maiden name Cisneros, slid that over, added the Mejia to the end. Um, and then now with everything I write, you know, I just use both names. Mm-hmm. But at least I have this Cisneros intact. Yeah. So that way I have that continuity, I guess, for all the okay. professional stuff in my 20s. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. That's something yeah. I'm about to every single day. But. <laughs> 
And so jumping forward a little bit. So now you've started this new venture. Um, Do you want to tell everybody a little bit more about that? Yes, I'd love to. So right now I'm on the pre-launch for herdinero.com. Herdinero. I'm learning I need to say it like without the accent. (laughs) You'd understand. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's an online destination for women. And it's all about prosperity and money. It's a personal finance blog. But I really want to focus on two things. Um, first thing is being entrepreneurship. Um, because kind of like you were talking about, we're, we're experiencing this shift. And I think we have for the last probably decade, if you think about the recession and people needing to either create side hustles and piece together gigs, you know, to make um, you know, living Mm -hmm. and people supplementing their income. I think it just created a huge shift. So you're seeing this gig economy Mm -hmm. Um, and Mm -hmm. I've seen it in my own life. What entrepreneurship was able, what I've been able to do still working as hard as I did for someone else, but what I've been able to, you know, I'm working for me, you know, Mm Um, so I've seen the impact of entrepreneurship. So that's why the blog um, and community is going to focus on entrepreneurship and then also what I'm calling mental wealth. And what I mean by that is mental health, but the idea of changing your mindset. So one of the things that I learned in my own journey is that I always had this scarcity mindset, like um, things are so competitive. There's not enough or, yeah. Oh, I can't afford that. Or I can't charge that. Or yeah. no one's going to ask me or think of me as an expert. And so once you create that shift of, wait a minute, we're not in a race. There's, I mean, it's abundant in terms of the, the, um, opportunities in the sure, world. Yeah. And if we just put our head down and work, like that's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. So I think those two things have really helped. They just uh, impacted my financial health so much. That's what I want to share with her dinero. That's awesome. And what are some, you know, basic um, financial health tips that you would give to someone that is, oh, I don't know, maybe 26 years old? <laughs> yeah. So I think the biggest thing is to have a budget, some kind of budget and to know where you are. So to really do a, um, to really know where you stand financially. Mm -hmm. So for so long, because I was just working, working, working and hustling, as people say, I didn't pay attention to my budget. I had no idea. I was just making minimum payments on my student loans, making a payment here, just, you know, not to be in trouble. I have no clue what my personal wealth or lack thereof. Like I had no idea what my own, my own personal PNL was. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that to me, once I kind of did that, I think that's the first step in in anything, like in order to achieve any goal or to go from point A to point B, you first got to know where you're at. And so I think that's the big thing. I think money to some people can be really uncomfortable. It can be really intimidating. There can be shame attached to it. Like, mm-hmm. damn it. Why did I spend that money on, sorry for cursing. Why did I spend <laughs> that money, you know, on that frivolous thing that, you know, was that, that was such an impulse buy. I was feeling emotional. And so I went shopping and now, you know, I have that regret. I feel, I feel bad about it. So we got to get over all that. Like if we want to actually get to be wealthy, we have to know where we're at. So it's looking at reality, looking at our statements, getting educated on, okay, what was that interest rate again? What were the terms of that store credit card that I signed up for to get the 30% off at the register? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that to me is, I feel like that's, it's such a, it's just so simple, but it's so critical. And it's almost like 
once you get over that, for so many people, they're scared of that kind of because it's like, oh God, that sounds like such a chore and so depressing. I don't want to know how much I owe on that stupid loan or I mm-hmm. owe on you know, this credit card. But once you do, then you're like, okay, that wasn't so scary. Okay, we got that. Now we can figure out how to, you know, move forward. What, how do we achieve some goals or get rid of this debt or, you know, make an emergency fund? Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. No, that's awesome. And I, I totally agree with that. I mean, at work, I have to balance a, a marketing budget and, you know, weekly I have to know exactly where I'm at. And it's like, yes, yeah. obviously, personally, you would need to know exactly where you're at. But I feel like a lot of times I don't like, I kind of have an idea, you know, where I might be at, but I don't really know the exact number. And it's like, if I have to do that at work, like for someone, for a corporation, like why wouldn't I want to know that about myself? Right. So that's actually very simple and very that, that, yeah. Yeah, that just spoke to me. So I'm gonna have to awesome. do some checking. <laughs> I'm okay. So jumping into kind of our wrap up questions, what does success mean to you? I think success to me is freedom, and it's being able to create the life that you want, free from anybody's opinions, and just being sincerely happy and and picking your own destiny. And I think that's, you know, that can be money. For some people, they're um, motivated by money and money gives them more options. It gives them options to work less or to send their kids to XYZ private school or to take big vacations or to stay home with their kids, you know? So I think it looks different to to different people. But for me, it's freedom um, and, and just the ability to to, to achieve what you want, to give what you want, to give generously, to buy a house from your mom, you know, I think it looks different for different people. Yeah, absolutely. And what is your favorite affirmation right now? Oh, my favorite affirmation right now is actually by an author named Glennon Doyle. And so oh, yeah. I love her book. Yeah, she's awesome. Um, she's fantastic. One of the things in her book that she mentioned is do the next right thing. I might be remixing it, but <laughs> in her book where she talks about her life, just, you know, crashing down and how do you even come back from, you know, all the things she experienced is just do the next right thing. I think sometimes we can get overwhelmed even with this starting a business. It's like, Oh my gosh, I should do competitor analysis yeah, or this yeah. blogger is doing this. Oh my God, I should be doing that. And I think sometimes you just get paralyzed. You get paralyzed and everything seems so insurmountable and so overwhelming. Absolutely. I think yeah. it, we just say, okay, how, what's the, the next right thing that I should be doing? Whether it's an ethical thing or something for the business, um, it can kind of just bring you back yeah, bring you back and ground you a little bit. Yeah. And even like break your goals into little chunks that are just more easy yes. to obtain. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I totally agree. What keeps you motivated? Oh, I think my kids, I mean, that's so cliche, right? But I think my kids definitely motivate me because they just, you know, they know no limits. The world hasn't beaten them down. You know, when you were talking about in your, I think your intro to the podcast, like, oh, well, who am I? What kind of credentials do I need? And you were talking about how like the internet, you don't need any of that anymore. Yeah. And I think with the kids, they're like that. They're just a, a blank, clean slate. No one's told them, you can't do that or, or no, you know, you mm-hmm. can't ballerinas, you can't wear ballerina, you know, stuff and be an astronaut. Yeah, you yeah. can. And so yeah. I think that seeing their wonderment, 
seeing their just their pure joy um, and just their belief in anything and that anything's possible is really cool and inspiring. That's awesome. And what is a good piece of advice that you've heard lately? Lately? Um, I think a good piece of advice. I heard a blogger um, in one of her podcasts and she was talking about kind of like just you know, put your head down and do the work. And I think your friend said something about that in the first podcast too, about like, just do, just do the thing, just do the yeah. start type of thing. But, um, this particular, um, Ruth Sukup, she has a blogger saving well, living well, spending less. Yes. Um, and so she talks about just put your head down and do the work and don't look over here. Don't look over there. Don't, don't look at what, you know, everybody else is doing and just put your head down and focus on what, what you're trying to create. Sometimes we spend so much time consuming other people's content and we really need to be creating our own. And, um, I thought, Oh, wow. She's really talking to me right now. Yeah. <laughs> that. That's awesome. I keep saying that's awesome. That's something I'm going to have to work on. In the future. <laughs> I might have to cut that out. That's great. I love that so much. Okay. Well, thank you so much for talking with us today. Do you want to go ahead and let everyone know where they can find you? Absolutely. So you can find me on herdinero.com. That's the uh, blog I mentioned to you, the community I'm starting. You can also find me at ashleycisneros.com. Um, and I'm on Instagram, Ashley Cisneros. You can find me there as well. Awesome. Thank you so much. Talk to you later. Thank you. Details of this episode can be found on our site, findyourfriendpodcast.com. Keep up with us on Instagram at findyourfriendpodcast and be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to your fave podcast. Thanks for listening.